John, thanks for coming to, to hang out with us, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I feel man. like I say that every time. I gotta get. I gotta come up with a new like intro. <laughs> well, so and hey, so, man, thanks good. for coming to hang thanks out with us. Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, man, I'm a big fan of Or, and we've been talking earlier about you guys. And uh, Or is a really rad place, and obviously a lot of cool different vendors. And having the deli in the back, and it's really unique, man. It's really cool. And uh, how long has Or been around? Uh, November 2019, so what's that, two and a half, a little over two and a half years, Two and a half years. Yeah. Okay, cool. And what was there, I can't remember. Was it like a family dollar or something? Next door, where Seasick and stuff was, but for a hot minute, um, Mountain High had a store where we are. Really? And then before that, it was like a wig store or something. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like, when I lived over here, like 20 years ago, it was like a wig store, and that whole shopping center was different. It's changed a lot, man. I remember when uh, Mountain High. I guess I thought Mountain High was in. I did not know that we had where a Sanctum High is now. I thought it was further down. It didn't seem like no, it was that big of a space. Spot. Yeah. Now, did they knock? I took the wall out where did... the deli's at. Okay, that's what it is. That was I feel their like store. Did not be that big. No, that was like their shoe wall. Okay. Yeah, and we t- we knocked it. I don't know. During the shutdowns, I was in there and I was bored and I was like, "What can we do? I'm gonna take this wall out and build a deli." That's cool. So the deli <laughs> didn't come immediately. It was after the fact. No, it was actually, we were talking to some um, diplomat deli. What's going to do something there? I haven't heard of diplomat deli. Uh, over in Vestavia. Okay. Like right across the street from like Mark's Outdoors and stuff. Oh, down the street from the old skate park. Oh, okay. And it's just been around. People know it. But they um, shut down. Got weird. Everybody got weird. So they backed off. And then we were sitting there twiddling our thumbs, figuring it out. And then one day I just, I don't know, I had this janky hammer that was half broken. And I was like, I'm going to take this wall out and figure it out myself. Like, we don't need it. So I can make a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. You just went in there and started knocking it out. Yeah, it was wild. Because I, I wanted to do like an Italian-style deli. Yeah. You know, New York style. and Because there, there's not one like that here. Yeah. You know, so we thought, hmm, let's just figure it out. And well, dude, while we're on the topic of food, is tropical? How do you say it? Tropicaleo? Tropicalio? Tropicalio. Tropicalio. Are they open or closed? Because I feel like the past couple times I've gone by there, they've been closed. And if you put go to their Instagram, it says closed until further notice. But they oh. shut down and opened back up, and I thought they were doing well. Uh, yeah, that might be not. one of those things I don't want to speak out of turn okay. on. But they haven't been open. They haven't been open. Yeah. So I'm not just crazy and constantly missing them. No. I mean, I think he's had some staff issues and... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. Okay. Well, I love their food. I hope they make it. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, they, uh, they have a pretty good following. They have not been open a whole lot since after the shutdowns. Yeah. Bummer, Damn. man. That sucks. Uh, badass Cuban sandwiches. Really, really good. Uh, you got to try ours. Cuban. Okay. Well, I've came. I've done the <laughs> uh, the hot pressed, uh, the ore sandwich. I don't know if I've tried the Cuban. Maybe I have. It's called the Da Vinci. Well, what did we have when we went up there? That was the the ore. It's like the barbecue, yeah, uh, yeah. hot panini press thing. Or press. Something. Yeah. So our Cuban is like, it's an Italian style Cuban. It's good though. It's people really like it. Okay. And uh, so outside of like the best Cuban sandwich in town is probably this place in Vestavia called Cool's Corner. It's it's badass. Cool's Corner. Yeah, okay. you would never guess it. Like it's like right down from the skate park. Like on the right, there's like a, sh- a, sh- a Mexican restaurant. 
in a little shopping center, and you go in there, and it's called Cool's Corner. It's incredible. Vestavia's got all the delis. I, guess. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, they got they got it all. And uh, but cute man, I love good Cuban. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, dude, tell me about how you guys got this thing started. Um, I heard rumors of an opening, and then um, you guys have a bunch of different brands that you sell. Some local, some like Howler Brothers. We're a big fan of Howler Brothers. Mm, sure. and, um, Surprised to see Howler Brothers sold right here, right here. Yeah, in anywhere. Yeah, it's, it was actually he was a huge Howler Brothers fan, and I actually got turned on watching their like surfing videos mm. and oh, yeah. stuff. And yeah. I was like, dude, these guys. Their rule. marketing is incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just a rad company, and they're, they're coming in to see y'all, and y'all have like a whole booth set up for Howler. Just shout out Howler. Yeah, Brothers. I mean Howler Brothers is awesome. Like we, it's one of my favorite brands, and that's why I brought it in because there's it's under. Um, developed, I guess, in this area, Mountain High and Alabama Outdoors sell low. Okay, but they're out of Austin. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's like a Texas because yeah. they yeah. just opened a storefront. I they think. did, yeah. yeah, on uh, Congress, I think, or somewhere okay. right on the main drag over there. And uh, but they're rad dudes. They're fun. I don't know. It's just fun. It's a fun brand. It's not. It meets our customer like and who we who I am like who what I like you know. But it's also not so serious. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Like, well, if you watch their videos, they're just like goofing off. Yeah, that's what makes it cool. Longboarding yeah. and stuff. So. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like, I don't know. It's like surf and outdoors at the same time, you know? Sure. Like hunting, fishing, but surf. It seems like a lot of the brands sold under ore are kind of outdoorsy influenced. You know what I mean? A lot of fishing brands. What's the, the you guys have a thing in the back corner. It's like so there's a, a Deep Creek? Deep Creek, yeah. So, yeah. That's like the fishing lure logo. Yeah, that's our, like, I own, that's my brand. Oh, really? So, oh, okay, uh, cool. Me and, and a couple other guys are doing that brand. Dude, actually, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're taking it, we're going to be developing it, and next year it'll be, we'll be wholesaling it. So we're making shorts and we're making button-ups, and it's going to be a real brand. Dude, that's nice. sick. That's, that's okay. pretty rad. Now, yeah. did you guys start that in in at the same time as or no that one actually or was that already in somebody else started that um this guy ron who is um brother-in-law to the marks outdoors people and so i met him because i uh was the filson rep and then he opened a golf store in homewood that's really cool it's called pebblehurst and um he wasn't doing anything with the brand and he just He's like, hey, you want to do something with this? And so we got it from him. He just kind of gave it to you. It's like, hey, yeah, 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 it was kind of like, a, hey, you know, buy the inventory. Like, here's what I have. And uh, me and my friend Joe and Payne and Wes is a little part of it also. He and, never even mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. So, and then we're we're gonna take it to market. Like my my big stipulation was I don't want to be a t-shirt brand only. I want to yeah. make real stuff, you know, yeah. like because there's so many t-shirt brands. You can, sure. Everybody can do a t-shirt brand. So we're developing that. We've actually just got an office in a, in in Irondale. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna be basing out of there. Dude, random. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, oh, I dig the designs. Uh, we bought a couple of shirts that's last Christmas. Um, we always hit that, you know, during our holiday shopping and stuff. And sure. Try to come in there and get a sandwich, you know. Kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Um, but take me back, man. Uh, I guess you're a Birmingham native. Or, or you said kind of. Uh, we were I, talking earlier. You said you're originally from like PC. Yeah. yeah. So my dad was in the Air Force. We moved around a lot, um, Alabama, Florida, a lot. So I went to high school in both Panama City and Childersburg, Alabama, which is okay. where my dad's originally from. So when he retired, we moved there. I finished high school there and moved to Birmingham. Um, 
I went to Auburn for like six months. <laughs> six months. <laughs> and then moved up here to skateboard all the time. Okay, yeah. And, we were uh, I know I used to see her around uh the faith on Magnolia a lot, oh, you yeah. know, back in the day. Oh yeah. So that was the spot. We spent a lot spent a lot of time on that corner. That uh it was good times though. You know, but that's how I, I came about Birmingham for so long. Okay. Yeah. And um what did you what kind of led to starting this multi I guess I mean had you seen anybody else doing something like this in town? Not yet. Okay. You know, like I haven't seen this anywhere. And I'm in retail stores all the time because my day job. Um, so I'm a sales rep. You know, I think we talked about that. Um, so I travel. I'm in stores all over the place. Um, it's really like Haller Brothers, Caton. There's all these brands that didn't have a place in Birmingham. They weren't represented. and You didn't see them in stores. And it was just cool stuff. So I started putting the pieces together. And coming up with a unique retail story, I guess, you know, that's just completely different than anything we have in town. Because everything here is like, you got skate, then you got your outdoor stores. And Alabama Outdoors and Mountain High, they're very similar. Yeah. They're selling strictly outdoor REI stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, that's great, but the apparel side of things, if it's not technical, there's not a lot of lifestyle stuff. So I kind of just kind of bridge the gap there. Mm-hmm. Um, when we started, we started out more as a like shop and shop type stores where we had little vendors, Faith being one of them, um, Manito, which is like vintage. We had the Alabama peanut guy in there doing peanuts and Beham brand. So each section on that wall was a different vendor. Um, but we've kind of slowly started moving away from that model. Okay. Yeah. And in what way? What do you mean? Well, right now it's just Peter and we got somebody doing some vintage, but the rest of the vintage we've been buying ourselves. And then we had the Beham guy. So instead of it being like a bunch of different brands or companies all under one roof, it's kind of slowly morphed into basically you guys taking up basically being one store, one it's more cohesive. Company. Yeah. Okay, I guess. I mean, it just flows better. It's, sure. It, it it allowed we grew, and we needed more real real estate, real estate. And the trick with the booth, the situation is. The people who stay on top of it are great, but if they're not putting energy in their booth and marketing it, then they're wondering why they're not selling anything. Sure. You know, so if they're not telling people to, hey, go shop my booth, they're not selling anything. Right. And then we kind of all fed off each other, but it just, you know, people get bored or they they don't have as much time as they thought they were going to have. They start out really strong and then they just kind of peter off. Mm. So that allowed us to, okay, well, when someone leaves, we're like, well, instead of putting somebody else in there, we'll just beef up our Haller Brothers assortment. Okay. We'll beef up more stuff in the Deep Creek. Maybe it's not Deep Creek stuff. We'll bring in Marshware and brands that make that flow with Deep Creek and just make that bigger. Um, and then whereas Peter is, Peter's the first guy I bounced this idea off of when I wanted to do it, and he was always on board from day one. So... I don't think he'll go anywhere. Sure. When you first started bouncing ideas to do this, did you guys have a space in mind? Or did you know what part of town you wanted to be in? Or so I knew other? I wanted to be in town. Um, I looked around a lot, you know, and it was finding the right spot. You know, I was almost originally going to do more of a warehouse-style spot and have more vendor space. Well, the Family Dollar had a big sign on it. 
that for a lease, you know. So I call the guy, and it ends up being Payne, which um, most people don't know this, but he's my partner in in the business. He owns a shopping center. Okay. <laughs> oh. He owns the whole okay. thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. So he's one of the owners of um, Mom's. And then he owns Weatherford, Dr. Dank, you know, the stuff. Yeah, like yeah, CBD. yeah. So that's he, him and some guys own that. They're like under us. So they grow all yeah, that. Yeah, I've under, been in their yeah. shop, yeah. So they grow all that downstairs. Um, so, man, that's the way to do it. Own the building and half the business is in it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a smart man. He, he's very smart. He, he's smart and he's like a lawyer. So it's like oh my God, all the back end stuff's just like, all right, cool. Like, you know, Workaholic that's a great business. It's a great partner too, because yeah. I have my part, you know, and then I'm like, I really need this. Can you do that? So he's also involved with this on Deep Creek. So he's, he's, he's our other guy in man. Deep Creek. And, uh, but he's smart. He's, he's an ideas guy. I had the idea. He liked it. Well, they, you know, I think Seasick was going back and forth whether they're going to move or not. So was Seasick in the space that you guys are in? They or? were up the road. You know, they were in that other shopping center. Right. Okay. Okay. Which he developed that one. I just know there was, there used to be one, one of the shopping spaces, one of the spaces in that shopping center had like a big wall right down the middle and then they knocked it down and basically turned it into one big space. That was the family dollar spot. That was the family dollar. And that's okay. where Harvest Roots Seasick. Okay. Or they so, added the wall. I guess they divided. They did. They added that's the wall. That's what it was. That's right. I yeah. gotcha. Okay. But that's where Seasick and Harvest Roots come. So that was the space I was looking at doing the whole family dollar space. That would have been huge. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's when I was thinking, oh, more vendors, right? You know? Do more of a booth style. Yeah. Almost like the, the, what is it, Urban Suburban? Yeah, very very similar to that, but I was kind of geared more towards makers and new stuff. Sure. Um. So anyway, so we went down to Mom's, talking to him, and so that struck up the conversation about Mountain High. Hey, like, how's Mountain High doing? And it just kind of came up, like, hey, he's, a, he's actually looking for a way out. I'm like, so you're saying that spot could be available, you know? Like, and he's like, I think we could put it together. So, went back and forth, and and um, he was like, well, I got cold feet, and I was like, I don't think I'm gonna do it. Pain come back through, and it's like, what if we do it together? And I'm like, well, that sounds reasonable. Let's do it, you know. So originally, it was just all you. You're like, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna start this. And what's cool is, um, I mean, when you guys eventually got it up and going. How did you choose the different brands or, or companies that were all going to like? How did you reach out to the peanut guy? And then that one came through you Peter. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so that came through Peter. Well, peanut guy used to be a, a, a footwear rep too. So we crossed a lot of the same paths doing shoe rep. You know, I was a rep. So we, we were like doing the same game. <laughs> and so he came and, um, but he came by a bar conversation with Peter at the bar, at like Parkside or somewhere. Like, hey, my buddy's opening this thing. What do you think? You know, um, he's like, "Yeah, dude, I can sling some peanuts. Yeah, let's make this happen." Manito came because I known those. Um, I known him for a long time from back in the day. He played in bands, and then um, pretty much everybody else was just like network people, just people you kind of knew. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then like the Beham guy, they had a store in the in the the battery. Yeah. But he Do has they a, still have a store in the battery? No, because no. they were like a. He has a full time job, you know, and then this is like a side gig. So store wasn't you know keeping people to work the staff or having the store open. So he came by way of landlord, you know, like hey, looking for something, and I'm like, well, this could be a perfect fit. Put him yeah. in here, you know. And then, but everybody else, I just people I knew, I guess. 
So how long did um, I don't know how long did it last before? How long were you guys open before COVID happened? Just a year. How does it? How, how does it work? I'm trying to wrap my head around because when when Alex pitched it to me, he's like, "Yo, Ors opened up, but like Faith has a booth, and you have all these booths." And I'm yeah, thinking man. like, "We get a skateboard, so Pete, get some peanuts, I'm gonna eat a sandwich." Yeah, and, and I'm buy like, "Howard Brothers hat." So is it like a like a it's almost like a super. It's like a mini mall. Yeah, but of okay. So I'm store. thinking of just like your point of sale is just one desk. It's one com- like you take yeah. stuff from different so booths and check. I'm just that thinking. took a lot of brain power to figure out how to like make it. it work, right? Like so, basically, you're running a part consignment store and a part retail store, right? So we take a percentage of whatever they sell, right? So if someone like Peter who has a full blown booth. Um, he pays rent for his square feet. You're taking him to the cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> well, he pays the most. Yeah. You? Well, got to got to charge. You got to tax the guy, right? That's right. So, tax no, the but, tax man. So he pays a percentage of every sale. So we cover the we credit card processing. We cover all the shopping bags and the employees to be there, right? All they have to do is bring product. We tag it, bag it, put it out for them, get it looking good. And um, you're helping them to try on shoes and, and we're doing roller skates or whatever else you guys are selling. So their percentage to us actually pays for something, right? Right. But they don't have to be there, right? So, yeah, their margin gets a little smaller, but it introduces them to a, a different clientele. Like, yeah. So Peter's clientele at our store is driven more longboards, more lifestyle-driven person. The person who's probably not going to go to the hardcore skate shop, right? Like they're just in there, and then it's just random people like, they're in there buying a sandwich and they're like, oh, I need this longboard for my kid. Here's $200 sector nine. I want to buy that thing. So the way we so. do it, the back end, that was the biggest challenge, right? Figuring out how to keep up with it, keep it streamlined and make it work where it's just, because I didn't want you to have to come up there and you buy a shirt from Deep Creek and you buy a face shirt and then I have to ring you up two separate ways. Right. right? So we do all the back end work, but the way our, point of sale system i have set it up in a certain way to where each vendor is like separated so i can run a report and go okay what did peter sell for march it'll tell me i subtract his percentage in his rent and cut him a check okay yeah so uh, barcodes baby Scam. all barcodes yeah. and it's nice and so it's just but that was that was the trick you know because yeah. a lot of these antique stores do it all handbooks. Dude, I was just about to bring that up when I went to Urban Suburban, um, which is a really cool store. We sure. bought some like old beer cans and a lot of knickknacks and stuff that are hanging on the wall in here. Um, but it was like they took the, the tags off of each item and then they would tape it to a piece of paper and then write down what they sold. And I'm like, this is the most antiquated way to do business. Oh my it makes God. sense for an antique store, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. even still, there's so much better ways of doing it. Yeah. And when you can streamline it, like I can take a snapshot or I can pull a spreadsheet of everything Peter sold and email it to him. Like, and it's all done. It's just one day. It takes no time. And the back end work is way easier um, than that. Because when I was doing it, I called around, talked to all these people. What, how are y'all doing it? How much are y'all charging for a booth? How much is your percentage take? All that stuff. I wanted to Were know. Were they pretty willing to share that information? Oh, yeah. Because okay. they're looking for new vendors all the time. Sure. You know, and we don't do what they do. So we weren't a threat by any means. Mm-hmm. But um, that was the biggest challenge. Just figuring out the logistics of everything. And how it's like, okay, we're going to have... Seven businesses under one roof with one checkout counter, and how do we get it 
smooth and everybody's you know happy yeah i mean because we you know now we sell beer we sell wine we sell sandwiches when we first opened we didn't have the sandwiches we didn't have the beer and so we didn't have all the weatherford the dr dank there you know and so he's a little spot now he's got a little booth there you know um but yeah we didn't have all that and so just figuring out that back end key made all the difference in the world so now it's like some Peter says, hey, how much I sell today? I can just look really on my phone. I can look. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Do you guys have people that, that see your shop or see your model? And they're like, dude, how can I get in on the action, man? You got a corner you can, you know, sling some heavy ultra t-shirts or something. All the time. You know? <laughs> um, and it's like the hat you're wearing, you know. I sell his stuff. Uh, free Shout will. out Free Will. Yeah. That's right. Free Will Outdoors. And... He just kind of came, you know, Terry at nonstop, send him over there and he just kind of struck up a conversation and I'm to the point where we don't, we don't have booth space, mm. but if they're cool people, I'll, I'll put their stuff in there and work it out. We'll do like, you know, a certain split that works sense for them. They're not paying for rent, but it, it works out, you yeah. know, have um, a spot there, you know, doing a really cool fishing guy right now. I'm about to bring in some stuff from him called Hank's bait shop. And he's pretty rad. He's like a big fly fishing guy. Is that Robbie? Who's that? No, it's not Robbie. Not Robbie. No, 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 okay. Not Robbie. Um, I don't know if they know each other. This guy's like a biologist at Auburn. He's oh, okay. studying <laughs> fish. And he's not really. Yeah. What's he doing? What's he wanting to do? So he make, he's a, he's an amazing artist. You have to check him out. It's like Hank's bed. That's his bandana right there. That first, he drew that. Oh, oh no okay. shit. Yeah. Yeah, like, click on that. Uh, he drew that one bandana right there. So it's more like artistic stuff. Yeah. Apparel, I guess, not like fishing. And that's like a Cahaba lily or something like that, I think, or some kind of flower and a skink. And But he, his rest of his stuff is very um, fishing-driven. Okay. Yeah. Rad dude, like, so I'm bringing his stuff in. And, uh, dude, y'all got all. You got candles. You got postcards. You got T-shirts. You got, what else? We got sandals. But it, it, like it, it sandals. all fits the brand. Like, it, it all fits... Or yeah, it's like, like a cool... we we go in there for lunch and then I'm walking around with a beer and the next thing I know I've got a hat and I've got a sweater and I've got Hallow Brother stuff. I, that's like and you never feel like you're in a different place. Yes, right. Like so, my 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 wife is a really good visual merchandiser. She's probably the best in the business I've ever seen, and I've worked with them all, like big companies, small companies. She's really really good. Um, so when we put both of us together, like we make it feel cohesive. That's the key. Like, make it look like it all is in one that store. Flows. Like, yeah, yeah. The f- faith is over there, but you don't feel like you're in a whole other world. Right. But he still has his identity, right? Like, Deep Creek. You feel like it's more outdoors driven, right? But it doesn't stand out so far from everything else. Sure. And Whereas that's, you walk through some of these other consignment places, it's like literally like super old antique stuff. Then you got like vintage signs and then you yeah. got like Barbie doll or whatever, you know, whatever their specialty like is, random. but it doesn't flow. doesn't flow. You know, yeah. it's all different. Whereas we're very cohesive and that was my goal. Like paint it a certain way, do the flooring a certain way, make it look like it. I mean, even when you walk into the deli, you still know you're in the same store. Sure. Like it doesn't feel like a completely different place. It has its own hole, but it flows. You're sitting there eating, and yeah, you feel like you're in a store, but you don't feel crowded. You're not like, man, these people are shopping. That's weird. You're yeah. just kind of sitting there eating. Yeah. 
Um, Dude, but, I think the deli is probably the smartest thing. Now, that wasn't originally there, and you kind of talked about it earlier. There, Yeah. Like, I'm going to knock down this wall, and we're going <laughs> to do something with this, I guess, storage space or whatever. It was just there. storage. Um, yeah, I mean, the deli has been awesome because it just brings people in all day long. Well, it's a good excuse to be there, and then while you're waiting on your sandwich to get made, it's like, well, I'm going to walk around and... You know, instead of just sitting here playing on my phone, I can go, you know, look at all this different And that's what happens. Ways you know? to spend money. And that's right, yeah. And we got people having meetings there, you know, because it's not cramped and they're coming in for sandwiches. And I hear it all the time. I didn't know this was here, you know. Like, yeah. you got a deli? And it's kind of rad because we don't have a sign out front that says deli. Um, Do you serve coffee? <laughs> soon. Okay. Okay, coffee's coming. So that's right. a whole nother conversation. <laughs> can you let the cat out of the bag? Okay, okay, yeah. No, but like. We, so we, we're doing brunch, and we're about to fire brunch up again on Sundays, and we do coffee for it. But we are going to implement um, another shop and shop situation where we're going to have a full-blown coffee shop. Okay. Yeah. Where are you going to put them? There's no room. Well, the aroma, is that going to is that gonna mess with your apparel side? Or oh, does it, does it even matter? That. Who cares? I don't think it'll... You can sell t-shirts. I, I think it'll be shop. fine. Yeah. So the way we're going to do it, we're actually going to do it up front. We're going to move our entrance door over to the other side of this brick wall kind of near where that table is right there in that picture and we're going to take the current door and it's going to become a service window so the coffee shop can open early Mm. and we're going to carve out a little nook you know it's going to be a small coffee shop but we're going to have a little bar coffee and um, do some breakfast sandwiches and then the sidewalk out there is all getting torn out we're putting in a patio so we'll have a roll top garage door You'll this is like big out. top. Dang. This, Dude, is, this big. is awesome. Yeah. This isn't just adding like a coffee a counter. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like it's only With a coffee shop. <laughs> Cake cup. I thought about that. Help I yourself. Like, oh, we should just yeah. do that. Yeah, um, no, but it's going to be its own little coffee shop because that's something we don't have in the center at all, right? We got the parking, we got the easy access. And I was, we've thought about like what complements Italian deli. Yeah. Coffee. Coffee compliments everything, you know? I guess. I love coffee, dude. And it gets people coming. I mean, my goal is like, and I learned this in the shutdowns because, like you asked about Tropicali a second ago, um, you, know, you move into a shopping center because you're everybody around you is bringing customers, right? And you all feed off one another. Sure. Well, what I learned is every, some people aren't open. They're deciding not to be open for whatever reason. Well, we're open. I'm open seven days a week. Like, I'm not messing around. My rent's the same no matter what, right? I'm here to sell, baby. I'm here. I mean, it's a business. <laughs> and if I don't make it successful, it's kind of pointless, right? So I don't want to rely on anybody else to drive foot traffic to my store. I just rely on myself. And the deli does that. Coffee will do that. Each category, Faith, helps do that. Um, Axe throwing, you know, oh, yeah. throw that in there. <laughs> I should do that. I always want to do one of those golf simulator bars. Oh, yeah, dude. I really want to do one of those. Dude, I haven't been to Cinderella Story. I've wanted to try it. Yeah, like um, that. But I, I'm not a golfer, you know what I mean? I go to like top You don't golf. have to be with something like that. You just, you just I feel like it's a little fun. more pristine, you know. It's like I'm, it I'm here to the per- perfect my drive versus like you No, know, like I'm here golf. to put a hole in that fucking curtain as well. Well, I think it's like that environment. You can get drinks. You can be serious about it or you can go in there and have, fun, have fun and have like, okay. hey, we could go in there and hit golf balls and go, all right, let's have a contest or play a round of golf. Like you can play like a hundred different golf courses on those things. Dang. And you okay. can play all these contests like furthest drive. They have like breakout things where there's like balloons and stuff out there. You hit them with the golf balls and stuff. Pretty cool stuff. I play a little golf, not a lot. 
Um, I used to play a lot, and then I've been wanting to play a lot more. So now I'm like, want to do this little bar, like burger bar with golf. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, like, dude, that's awesome, man. It seems like you got some really rad ideas. Just throw up some pinball machines or something. I know. See, I don't have any more room. The coffee shop. You're right, man. When you see the coffee shop in there, it's gonna be like, I've got it. I see it in here, but it's gonna be. I don't think I'm gonna be able to fit anything else after that. Well, um, how has post-COVID been for you guys? And how, you know, that's one question we've kind of asked everybody that owns a small business is kind of how you navigated COVID. I mean, opening up, being open for a year, I guess, a year and some change. Four months, five months. Or not even that. Okay. And then COVID hits and it's like, boom, can't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Don't breathe. Don't, you know, blink. Uh, How did you guys stay afloat? And and how did that change the business in any way, if it did? I mean, it sucked. Well, Um, sure. You know, I was never one to hunker down like some people I probably did, right? Like, I'm like, I just, life goes on. I'm I'm moving, right? Like, so, um, the first month, you know, we were pretty, everything was locked down. I went to work at the house, my house and remodeled my kitchen and basically the living room and just finished all that stuff. And then, then my dad died, so we had to deal oh, with all bummer. that. Oh, bummer. Hey. Oh, it sucked. Was, timing was the worst, you know? Yeah. So we couldn't have a funeral. Like oh or my none of this gosh. stuff. Gosh, are you serious? Yeah, it was it was crazy. So we had that. So I was dealing with family stuff for a hot minute. Well, then it was hey, shop stores can open back up. So day one, I'm like down there open. Well, we didn't you know have customers. I mean, we were doing like ninety percent less business than we are doing right now in a month. Man, like that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but we had some good staff. Um. And it kind of helped us get through it. And I don't take money from there. So it's like, I don't need a paycheck from it. I have my normal job. So, but it gave us the time to go, okay, here's where we're going to revisit some things. That's when some booth situations started shaking up, where we weren't doing peanuts anymore because it was a self-service thing, you know. Obviously, you can't. And he shifted his model to more delivery. So that went away. And then we started losing people. But it. I never backed off the gas. I just kind of stayed on it yeah. and said, okay, well, let's put in a deli. <laughs> let's spend money. <laughs> like, How hard is it for any retail owner who may be thinking, I'm going to add a little sandwich nook into my business. How hard was it to transfer from being a clothing and apparel store, more or less, to now you got to have, you know, got to pass all the requirements to be able to sell food and booze. Yeah, and yeah. And you got to jump that. through a lot of hoops, but... uh Fortunately, I'm surrounded by a lot of friends that, you know, with electricians and construction guys, and we all kind of, they all helped out, and we just kind of did all the stuff, and they come and tell you, hey, you need to do this, this, and this, and you just jump through all the hoops, and you get it done. It wasn't that hard. Did you have a guy that was like, you know, in the restaurant business, or is like, dude, I want to run the sandwich shop for you? (laughs) I mean, like, who? (laughs) Oh, yeah. We had a a wild card there um, that came from Hotbox. From Parkside. Oh, dude. I hate that hot, man. I wish <laughs> Hotbox used to be right here in our backyard. Yeah. And now it's all the way on the other side of town. Yeah. And uh, so I don't eat there as much. So. so he, you know, Hotbox wasn't open. Right. You know, they everybody was in the business of canceling Parkside at the moment. So dude was in a situation. He came on board and, and drove us crazy. And, <laughs> <laughs> but in some hands he brought, you know, the menu and things and, and things like that, helping write some menus and coming up with some, some, uh, menu items or 
products and things that we actually needed helped out a lot. So that gave us a good little st- start. And okay. then I have things that I want, and I'm like, hey, I got my favorite deli in New York, and I got my favorite deli in Long Beach. These are the things that I like, and this is what I want. This is what I want to do, but I want to do our version. You know, like we do that antipasto I was eating over there, and it's like I want that. Yeah, thanks for the muffalettos you brought us. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll eat that after we finish. <laughs> and if you haven't had our muffaletta, like we just got like I haven't, no. AL.com just did a big thing. I guess we got best muffaletta in stages. Oh, shout out. Okay. Yeah, yeah no big deal. You yeah. Know? Well, it was like, we I mean, you may have saw the article. <laughs> we kind of won best muffaletta of the universe. It was rad Burberry. because it was like, we didn't know. They didn't tell us. And then there's like, a there's a thing for best muffaletta. That's well, yeah, it was like, a, <laughs> and so we started getting all these customers telling us, and so I had to look it up. Like, oh, you didn't even know like you had people coming in and want more money, and you're like, what? yeah, dude, muffaletta sales are through the roof. What the hell is yeah, going on? Yeah, I mean, we may have a post on it. I don't know. Like Brooke there in that picture there, she takes care of a lot of our posts. She's really good at it. Um, but uh, I think she posted it. If bit. you go down a little bit. Is it on the right right there? Go back up. Muffaletta at Oh, yeah, or right there. Look at that. Oh, the right. New Orleans-style muffaletta at Orr. Uh, comes with mozzarella and serve on press Yeah, system. I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting here shaking my head, but um, what what's a muffaletta? So it's, a, it? it's, it's a, the type of bread, right? Well, it's a type of sandwich. It really has to do with the olive spread and stuff that's on it, but it comes from New Orleans. But it's a Sicilian-style sandwich that was developed in New Orleans. So it's Italian in its way. Because I don't like to stray too far off from the Italian thing, right? Like, I want to be an Italian deli. I'm not Italian. (laughs) Okay, so Orin is an Italian deli. Yeah. All right, cool. And that's why you see certain things in certain meats that we use that, you know, we use a lot of burrata and we use um, meats that come in from Italy. Like, I mean, we, we use certain stuff. That nobody else uses, really, um, around here anyway. But um, that's why you got number one. I you guess to, so. You the you know, sauce. I don't know. <laughs> People are out there doing muffaletta um, reviews and stuff. That's all. Awesome. I mean, it's kind of random, but we just knew from customers telling us, and we're like, oh. And then, man, it was crazy. Like, I mean, I couldn't pay for that advertisement. The amount yeah. of people that came in off of that thing. I was at the Macy's over here because they're closing, and I was buying some fixtures over by Brookwood and. The guy's like, what do y'all do? And I was telling him about the store. I was like, it's hard to like explain. You know, if you've been in there, you get it. But if I was sitting here trying to tell you what we do at our store, you'd be like, I don't get it. Yeah. You know, so I'm always trying to tell people. And I'm like, you just kind of got to go. It's like we sell stuff, but it's cooler than any store you've ever been in. Pretty or, much. Just you know, trust me. It's just, just really me. weird. So it's, <laughs> it's a hard, because there's not like, hey, we're a deli. Right. But we're not just a deli. Right. Oh, we're a skate shop. We're not just a skate shop. You know, we sell, I have fly fishing rods, you know. So this lady's like, did I just read about y'all in the AL.com? In the AL.com. And I was like, shoot, yeah, you did. Exactly. And (laughs) so I was like, wow, that's crazy. She goes, yeah. And she starts telling the other guy about it. Like, I mean, wow. It was weird. That's awesome. So the deli's been a big hit, man. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. What's the difference between, I mean, do you guys have, what are your hours typically through the week? You say you're open seven days a week. Yeah. Right now we're 11 to 6. Is that every day? Um, except for Sunday, 10 to 5. 10 to 5, okay. Give your um, staff a little bit of a break. Well, right now we're 11 to 5. I'm sorry. We're going to 10 to 5, and then we're going to be going to – we're going to be starting to stay open to 7. Okay. Just we have a lot of people that come in. Well, right the at, daylight savings thing and yeah. longer days, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't like – when it's dark early, I don't like the girls to have to be there to close up because 
you know, don't have to close up Fair by enough. themselves. Like it's kind of sketchy, like when it's dark. Yeah, you were telling us earlier about the the crazy uh, gun battle that went down right in yeah. front of the store and wild stuff. Your buddy's like saving the kid from bleeding to death that got yeah. shot and all that. Pretty happened. wild, man. It's like gnarly. it puts things in perspective. Sure. People like I don't know, just kind of stupid. Like people are crazy. Like senseless. Crazy. You know? Yeah. Like I get like someone wrong. You know, like I don't know if you got an issue with somebody for like a real issue or somebody does something to you, you want to retaliate. I guess, but. <laughs> you start shooting. I mean, you know, I guess I understand revenge. But you start shooting up a car that has kids in it. It's just, I don't know, makes zero sense. Dude, that's, no, dude, that's insane. Well, so you're, you're open seven days a week, but you kind of glossed over this, that this isn't your your full-time day job. No. You're, you're a sales rep for some awesome shit stuff like like Vans, Tomex. Uh, I've done a lot. Slater. Uh, so. I'm interested. How do you get into that? Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So that goes way back. So I used to work at Faith back in the early 2000s. And anybody anybody that I know, if you ask them about me, they know I sell stuff. Like, I mean, that's just what I do. I can buy anything. He's your guy. I'm Speaking of gunshots in the the OG Faith location on Magnolia. Yeah. Oh, you have no idea <laughs> yeah, the stuff dude. we saw. <laughs> I've seen some crazy stuff oh, there. Oh, I bet, man. That's crazy. You know, so I'm that guy, and I'm like, hey, you you know I worked in the auto car industry, so like I'm like the guy I get my phone rings all the time. You know if you want to buy a house in this town or you want to buy a car, people call me. Call I, John. I know like I need a truck. People, hey, like call so and so will take care of you, and you're gonna get this deal. And you just walk. You ain't got to deal with anything. You just go there and buy the truck. You want to buy a Tacoma? Here's what you do. Here's who you go see. So I got this network of people. So I've always been a sales guy, right? So. I didn't know. I'm like, wow, people like sell skateboard shoes and make money. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so, um, Soltech, you know that brand? Etnies, American S. <laughs> yeah. So, I know of the other brands. I don't know. So, that's under company. one umbrella called Sol Technology. Sol Tech. okay. So, at the time, America was probably face number one selling brand. Yeah. And um, the rep needed someone to kind of help his territory. So I hired, he hired me as a sub rep. So I go to working for him and then I picked up DNA distribution, which is like alien workshop habitat and stuff. So I was selling wood and that cause you're independent contractor. You work for like many people as you can handle, I guess sometimes, you know, you get three or four brands. So every time you're going to a shop, they might not need shoes you got, but they always need wheels or something. So sure. And then I go to a trade show and meet some fans, people they're looking for somebody for Florida. And so I put that together, and at the time I went to work for Vans and Deluxe Distribution for Florida. It was awesome. That's so that sounds awesome, yeah, man. Um, and you're just driving around, just hitting up all the shops, like yeah, all you the need? stores. You. And you, you know, you build relationships with this stuff. Like you know, ninety percent of that stuff is friendships and relationships. I got mm -hmm. guys that I sell to now, even with what I do, right? That I might still out or known to. Or I was selling them Filson or Red Wing boots. They used to buy Etnies from me in some little small town in Georgia. Dang. Like, it's kind of crazy. I feel like that's skateboarding, though. It is. Yeah. You know, because in those small towns, you, these shops are like the one-stop shop. They sell it all, kind of like what we do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's very normal in these county seat towns in southern Alabama, southern Georgia, South Carolina and stuff, where you don't have these populations. They have to sell it all, and they might sell southern tide and they might sell skateboards and new era hats and whatever everything from urban to to preppy 
You know, no. they're selling it all. So I got into it that way, and I worked for this guy Dewey, and he, and he was really smart. He'd been he was the Airwalk rep in the eighties, and so Airwalk, yeah. yeah, I mean exactly. You know, like I mean he had some killer brands, and he had been with Soltech for since day one. So yeah. when I went to work for him, it was probably eighteen years in Soltech, and then we had our um, like our twentieth anniversary sales meeting was in Paris, France, because the guy who started Edney's was from Paris. So me, you know, Nottis Compasses, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. So me, Nottis, and Jason Lee, and a couple other dudes skated from our hotel to the Eiffel Tower. Oh, you're hanging out with Jason Dude, Lee? Dude, shut yeah. up. Are I swear. Oh my Dude, God. Jason, speaking of Jason, he just did a, uh, a non-club interview. Yeah. I haven't listened to it yet, but yeah, man. Um, he's, like, a, really big into photography. Yeah, he's got a book. Yeah. It's called Galveston Yeah, he's all about you know? I got to listen to that interview. That's really he, cool. he's, he's rad, you know? Like, and we... You know, all these dudes, like, because it was, they all rode for Etnies. Like, Nottis had the first ever pro skateboard shoe, and it was on Etnies. Yeah. It was like, Nottis upside down, Satan, you know? <laughs> and so, so anyway, so I, you know, it all become network, and then next thing I know, like, I don't meet a stranger sometimes. Like, if I have the opportunity, I'm going to talk to somebody and learn, hey, what do you, you know, what do they do? Like, yeah. you know, so my work transitioned into that. You know, I was a rep. So I moved back here. I quit Vans. He said it was a little stressful. A little yeah. stressful. Quit. Big company. Had yeah. a crazy sales manager that just like you, it was crazy. So half the team quit on the Whoa. East Coast. So I came back here, was hanging out, working a little bit at J-Rags, living in Irondale, just kind of hanging Everyone out. Everyone has worked at J-Rags. Yes. I feel like oh, every no person yeah. that's been on this podcast mentions J-Rags at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, they're just there, and we've known people there the whole time, so there was always, hey, you could have worked there. Yeah, I need a gig. Help me out. And then I moved to California. Vans called me. So what are you up to? I was like, not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, hey, you want to move to Arizona? And I'm like, not really. Mm. And so I turned the job down for Arizona for like three days in a row. They kept calling me. And uh, a friend of mine, Jimmy Chadwick, who used to be a pro skateboarder, he I got him a job with Vans down in Orlando. Well, he, they ended up moving him out there to Arizona he was the rep well he beat the shit out of fucking somebody <laughs> like like an account person like at, they were hanging out drinking he and, and I, you know I think there was some girl action going on someone got mad and he he's a brawler he's a badass okay. knocks this guy's kid's teeth out of his mouth you know fucks him up yeah. well he gets fired from Vance right? so they call me they need somebody who knows the company and really turn key, you know? So I'm like, I don't really want to move to Arizona, you know? I go, only way I'd move is if I moved to California. So after the third day, I'm like, eh, fuck it. I'll move to Arizona. I'm like, what do I got to lose? I can go make some good money. If I don't like it, I'll move back here. And um, the day before I'm supposed to go out there, this was in like, day. I was at the Day of the Dead Festival, Bare Hands Art Gallery, you know, and the big thing behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at that thing when I finally said I would do it. Well, they called me the next day and they're like, uh, plans change. We want you to move to California instead and you need to be here by December 1st. And it was like 30 days. And I was like, okay, cool. I can make that happen. So I go out there and then I did the Vans thing for Southern California for a few years. And, and then I opened a store called Dixie in Long Beach. It was very into motorcycle. You know, I sold a lot of motorcycle stuff. And then I opened another store in, um, Los Angeles called Trico, which is still around. 
and it was with Dice Magazine. You guys know that magazine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and the guys from Dice Magazine and this company called Great Frog, he makes like jewelry, like stuff like this. Okay, mm-hmm. sweet. And yeah, I was digging that ring. He made like skull rings in the 60s. His dad did for Keith Richards, and that's kind of, they're from London. Sure, okay. So the three of us opened a store called Trico in in Los Feliz. And um, yeah, so I was doing stores and doing vans at the same time. Were you doing the store in uh, Long Beach at yeah. the same time, mm-hmm. dude? Man, you're a busy guy. I just, yeah. yeah, this life. Is Long Beach wild. is rad, man. Um, oh yeah, that's a that's a cool place. It's rad. Long Beach is very like working class, a lot like here yeah. in a lot of ways. A, lot, a little more crowded, and a lot more expensive, but sure, definitely. It's uh, it's awesome. I love Long Beach. That's it's awesome. Just, it's rad. I met a lot of people. Like, I don't know, small world out there every day. Like, especially skateboarding. Yeah, I mean, so many guys shopped at our store. Like. We were on this main drag, and every day you'd see somebody. Whether it's like Dwayne Peters, or you know, me and Jason Jesse became good buddies over that time, and like spent a lot of time together. And then you had like, you know, Caballero. You see him all the time, and Leo Romero was in there all the time. I mean, you just saw all these Leo. Dudes. Yeah, wow. Yeah, because you know that awesome. you know that Cherry Park that everybody skates in Long Beach. Yeah, you probably seen it. I've seen videos. it. I mean, I that was like there. three blocks away from my store. Okay. So every skateboarder. You're in the Mecca. Yeah. It was where I, I mean, it was good. And Vans was headquarters right down the road. And then I started doing this. And then I quit Vans. My son, when my son was born. I, I was qu- about to say, man, dang, you're like right there in heaven. You know? Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Um, but you ultimately, uh, I interrupted you, but um, mm. you said your son was born. I guess that. So he was born. So changed some things. It was kind of weird. Like my ex had came back here. He was born here. So I was doing this crazy back and forth stuff, and uh, Vans was kind of giving me grief. So I was like, yeah, I don't quit. I just quit, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, priorities. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So I quit, focused on the store, and then back here, and then ultimately I ended up relocating back here. Okay. So do you still have the stores in California? I sold sold them, sold them yeah. off. Yeah. So, so you're Tri- not connected in any way? No. But you said Trico's still Trico's there. still pumping. Yeah. Like, nice. they're still doing their thing. It's cool. Yeah. Dude, uh, see if you can pull that up. Yeah, they should have an Instagram. I started it. So. Trico. <laughs> just T-R-I-C-O. Yeah, it's just... Uh, That's cool. Um, no, I never got a chance to... My like, short time in Long Beach, I did not get a chance to visit Trico. Trico. Windshield like, wipers. <laughs> yeah. Do uh, Trico, um, not South Beach. It'd be um, Los Feliz. Try Los Feliz. Los Feliz. Okay, so it's definitely a... Uh, more of a biker inspired. Oh yeah, place. I mean like, yeah. so I was like probably one of the first stores to ever. Be- Dixie was before all this. Yeah, and I sold very motorcycle inspired things. There wasn't stores like that that just sold a little bit of everything motorcycle vibe. Yeah. Well, I know you guys. Um, going back to Orr, um, uh, the bike that's sitting in the window is mm. that Nick's bike? No, that was mine. That was yours. Okay. Yeah. We had a uh, Nick Resty on and. Uh, I saw that. I feel like I saw that on a social media or something like that. Yeah, that was that's my '57 Pinhead. And, okay. Uh, Just sitting up for decor, I guess. Yeah. When it's we first look. opened, I had like three or four bikes in there. Like, and then I just kept getting more product. Yeah. But yeah, that's Trico right there. That's damn. That's cool, man. That's right. That's so yeah. up and going. Do you still keep in touch with those dudes? Yeah, will I do? Um, Are any of the still the founding members still a part of it? So, um, Dice is still a part of it. Well, Dice, yeah. But they've moved, you know, he moved to um, North Carolina, like the main dude. So, he's in North Carolina. So, 
I think it's just Will. <laughs> it's still in L.A. Now, as far um, as like chopper stuff goes at Orr, I mean, do you guys maybe haven't? I just haven't seen it. Do you guys sell helmets and, and we stuff do. like that? We, we have a few. It's not like our – we don't sell a lot of them. Like, but I, it's something I have. I sell gloves. It looks cool on the shelf. You know, when right. you walk in, you see a helmet. It just like it has a vibe to it, even if you're not selling a ton. And then you're like the dude, like, oh, go down there and get a helmet. You yeah. Know? But I sell gloves, helmets, and a little bit of this brand Loser Machine. You know, that Loser stuff? Machine. I've, well, so, I've been introduced to it from your store. Okay. I had not previously heard of it. So Adrian Lopez, you know, skateboarder. Yeah. That's his oh, brand. Sick. That's his his company. Yeah. So we became friends. I sold a lot of it in Long Beach and. Over the years, we did a lot of business together, and so ultimately, when I opened here, I'm like, oh, of course, I'm gonna carry his stuff. That's cool. Yeah, he's had some boards like randomly pop up on Zero. You know, I guess oh, yeah. just like you'll see like boards from people that haven't ridden in forever. You know, and um, well, yeah, you know, he was originally on Zero. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he had Mystery was his. Was Lopez? What still. happened to Mystery, dude? Yeah. That was such a rad. Just, Do you remember the video? Um, it was New Blood. Uh, we've got it sitting behind you. The whole section that they had introducing mystery. It was oh, like yeah. a black and, black and white section. I do. Session. Yeah. So that was Lopez's deal. Really? Like, you know, through Black Box. Lindsey Robertson, uh, man. Oh, yeah? Lindsey Robertson. He was like my favorite skateboarder. He he's so a, sick. He's a, he's a Florida guy, right? Like Panama City or somewhere. I don't random. know. I yeah, don't I think he's a Panama him. City guy. Okay. Yeah, kind of a nerd. I have random. I just wonder where skateboarders are. <laughs> Who knows days. where that like, guy where is? Where is Lindsey Robertson? He's probably like 300 pounds and doing nothing. <laughs> he was one of the only dudes I ever saw. It's like he, he always skated with glasses. And I'm like, he how was. are you doing these massive hill flips? Yeah, I want to say and he like, was from Panama City or Dota. He's from these parts. Really? Like not far from here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Hopefully he's out there listening. I know. He might be. You know, Come like, on our podcast. A, hang out. He was always nice. To. He was a nice kid. Like, but who knows? Like, I did. That's like Long Beach. Mm -hmm. I'd meet some dude and I'd be like, hey, you're like so and so from, you know, you skated in like 1994, like Jason yeah. Rothmeyer. I don't know if you know who that is, but mm, he was pro yeah. in like the early 90s and he used to come and he was one of, one of my sales reps and he had like four on one video magazine and he was pro for like stereo or something, Sonic, okay. Sonic skateboards. And Sonic. I just, he had all these like, he was awesome. He's tech really super tech and then he was like my rep i was like oh so so man hey, no big deal. just kind of yeah. random you know but yeah i guess that's what i don't know well that's cool man i, I dig the the vibe of or and and how you guys have some skate stuff i was in there the other day i was trying to buy some shoes and uh i was like ah it's right down the street i can get some vans but i couldn't find any of my size so i don't know if y'all have a huge inventory <laughs> okay so i need to go hit up uh, so that's peter. a that's yeah. a peter issue uh, <laughs> which is like all right, Peter, step it up, man. Hey, exactly. Um, no, that's that's Peter. Like, that's just no size. Like, I mean, that's the thing we were talking Me and him were talking about last weekend. I'm like, maybe we don't need to sell vans in here anymore because you never have the sizes, you know? Really? So, uh, I guess that's a common it's got size like source 14 and a half, and then yeah. a size like a size six. Well, it's challenge. Like, I mean, it's one get, supply chain's obviously an issue. That was my yeah. next question, man. I know, you know, with my business and stuff and just the supply chain issues have been insane. Um, I think the last time I was in or you guys had a couple of boxes of like brand new Hallow Brothers stuff. Mm -hmm. I always hit the Hallow Brothers rack. I can never find my size. And I saw <laughs> it and I almost was like, can I just like dig through this and like see yeah. some of the new product? But uh, yeah, how has the, uh, the supply chain issues affected or and probably not in the best way. But no, I mean there's things are delayed if you're not. We pre-order everything, so everything we're getting in right now, we bought six months ago, hmm, or okay. we ordered it, wrote the orders for it, right? Most everything, right? 
And Peter deals with the same thing. You know, he's buying, you have to think in the future, what can I sell? So I'm looking at what we're selling now, like all that Howler Brothers stuff. I wrote those orders back in September. So I have to think, like, one, what's going to be trending? <laughs> like, yeah, man. What's really going to be cool? You got to have your finger on the pulse to know, like, okay, what's going to sell? Yeah. You know, I buy, you know, 15 shirts in this design and, and nobody in our state likes them or right. whatever. You know what I mean? And that's the, that's the gamble, right? Like, you're never going to win on everything. But I've been there on both sides of it long enough to know and understand things a little differently. And I'll take risk. I don't, I'm not afraid to take a risk. But the biggest thing on our end on supply chain has been products being delayed. Like, hey, we expect it February 15th, and it ends up being, like, May. <laughs> oh, yeah, damn. You know, so, like, not as bad this year because I think everybody kind of got on the cusp of getting your orders in earlier, and so manufacturing schedules. But what's happened is most everything's manufactured overseas, right? So even in, in my regular day job, people's calendars are moving forward or whereas like say Haller brothers wants to make this shirt right here that i have on it's not a Haller that's brothers a rad shirt, shirt by the way this wrangler. is a yeah. it's a wrangler billabong combo that's cool it's man kind of rad yeah my wife, like deserty you know yeah. retro it's like i don't know i get more compliments on this shirt i would not thought that was a wrangler shirt yeah it's pretty rad huh yeah. <laughs> like so What's happened though is like used to a company, a small brand like Howler Brothers might could make this shirt, make 300 of them. Well, with everything changing, now they got to make 600 of them per color, per skew or something. So that's changed everything. So it's, you know, they're planning their business a little bit better, but then it causes me to have to plan my business even more so, right? I can't rely on, hey, you come in and I don't have this shirt anymore. I can't just order you one. Right. And I mean, Occasionally you can, but typically you can't. Like, I mean, it's just not available anymore. Do you have a lot of people that come up that say that? Like, hey, I love the shirt, but it's only a small. I need a yeah. I mean, I always try. Yeah. Like, in, in the, you know, two out of five, I might be able to. Mm. You know, double X guy, three X guy or something. I'll order anything for anybody. If you come in and you're like, hey, I really like this. Can you get it? I'll check. And if I can get it, I'll be glad to order it for somebody. But that kind of stuff at once business has gotten really challenging. Yeah. Well, just in the retail in general, I've always wondered, you know, you obviously you have a sell rack of stuff that you guys have been holding on to forever. Sure. That maybe it's just not selling. But what percentage, like, because you, you said it yourself, you take a gamble every time you make a big order. You're like, okay, I hope this sells. Uh, I hope I order the right amount and the right sizes to sell. I hope it's the right color scheme and stuff that people like, people dig. Um on average, do you know like what the average amount of like if you order a hundred shirts, how many of those you actually sell before you're having to mark them down fifty percent? Like how many am I selling full price? You know, yeah. So I mean, I think I'm probably track on like a seventy-five to eighty percent track. Okay. So I figured it out, and I can do that. And if you get more than sixty percent sell through on something, it's good. Okay, because I always thought, man, it's like, dude, you spend all this money up front ordering this inventory. And you get all this product, and then it doesn't sell. And you're like, yeah. fuck, dude. Like, because, I mean, every time you mark it down, you're taking a hit. Oh, trust me. Like, I overbought beanies this year. Like, and I'm damn, like, dude. 
got all these beanies, you know, and the weather. I saw changing. that, like the five dollar beanie bag, yeah, bucket or whatever. And it's like buy one get one free right now, you know. <laughs> buy one get seven. I just want to get rid of them because I'm like, okay, if there's a certain cutoff window, if I don't sell them in time, then I'm gonna be stuck with them. I'm gonna put them in a box and wait them for next year. You well, know, damn, I'm gonna come through and just buy some beanies. Walls, hey, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's like really good. So I'm like, okay, it's cool if you waited late in the season to get a beanie, and you can get a good deal on one right now, but. You know, uh, we bought a couple jackets, but then some jackets I didn't buy enough of. So mm. it, it balances out. There's things you make better margins on and things you make less margins on, too. So that all balances out. Yeah. Um, but what I generally do, like if I buy, say, a Howler Brothers shirt, I buy 10 of them, right? When I get down to one or two, and like I'll put them on sale, right? Okay. I'll start them at 30% off. And if you're like the dude who's been eyeballing that shirt and you come in, it's your size, you're psyched. Boom. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Got and it. if I get down to one, I'll usually put it over there at 50% off, you know, like just because it's like, okay, it's just there. Yeah. And I'll move it. And then so our sale rack always has a deal for yeah. somebody. And we, it's constantly changing, right? So I'm not going to sit over there and wait for that one person to walk in and get a max dollar out of it. I'll move it on and just keep it circling. Just that, keep it flowing. Keep yeah. the money flowing, I guess. Yeah. And that's the, the trick is not falling in love with things, right? Like, I know what I like. But you got to be open to what the customer's like. That's that's the key. Like, if it's I like, bought just for me, I would sell black T-shirts and yeah. Dickies or something. Dude, yeah. I feel like I would totally fall in that pitfall. I was like, I want everyone to think like me, and if you don't think like me, I don't want you to shop here. I want right. you to come buy what I like because that's the store this is for. This is for that person. I mean, and that's you the hard I mean? part is I have to, like, granted, I like a lot of things we sell. I might not, it might not be for me, okay. right? I like it and I think it's cool. I'm not going to buy anything I don't think is cool, I guess, and put it in there. But somebody buys that t shirt with the turkey leg on it and you're like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we sell that here. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I mean, I'd sell pink shorts, but <laughs> no, I no disrespect. wear pink shorts, you know? Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's, there's certain things I wouldn't wear, but I get it. I'm like, understand why people, who likes it and why. Yeah. I don't wear the, bikinis we sell either so that's, right. that's fair <laughs> well i mean i guess doing all the you know being a rep and, and visiting all these different stores all over the country and then having started stores on the west coast on the east coast and uh obviously having a good footing here in the south it seems like you're the perfect person to start a retail space because you kind of know some of the pitfalls that maybe someone who's brand new into retail would fall into maybe over ordering or not really knowing your demographic, right? You know, like, yeah. Um, I, w- I don't know about perfect person, but I mean, you can't be perfect, <laughs> but I mean, I don't uh, No, But I do think, like, um, there's a friend of mine named Greg. He we've done a lot of work together. He had a shop, really good shop in DC, and and um, we talk about it all the time. And I watch people who open stores make huge mistakes, they spend too much on their build out, they spend all this stuff, and it's like. There's ways to do it that people don't know. Like, you know, like from a consulting standpoint, I could help somebody open a business and save a lot of money, right? But a lot of people, they they don't know. They look at Macy's and go, oh, I got to do it like that. Yeah. I got to blow all this yeah. money. And it's like, no, you really don't. Like you got to do X, Y, Z, and you will maximize your your potential and profit and everything that you can do because you still got overhead to pay for. So if you go, I've always looked at it like everything's got to be strategic. And if you go in and spend $100,000 on your build out, 
Well, that doesn't work because to me, that hundred thousand dollars could have been on product. Yeah. So I spend the least amount of money on my build out. I mean, all of our fixtures. I mean, you've been in our store. It looks feels nice in there, right? Looks nice. Mm-hmm. Doesn't spend a lot of money on it. A lot of those fixtures came from like Sears when they were going out of business, and all I did <laughs> is reface them and repurpose them and shape them where you would never know. How many? Yeah. How much do we need to spend on coat racks? Like right. Yeah. A lot Dude, I'll people. build a coat rack. Don't worry. It's a yeah, two but, by fours. Like everybody but, likes the, you know, the, that pe- aesthetic. But people spend so much money, but they don't know that they don't have to do it that way. Mm-hmm. They go hire some crazy construction company that comes in. It's like, yep, sixty thousand dollars. I'll build this, you know. And if you walked in our store, you'd be like, man, they spent a lot of money. But fortunately, we didn't. And that allows us to spend more on people. It allows us to spend more on product. And if you're not selling product, you're not making any money. Yeah. You know, so, and you can't have good people. Like, I I like, hopefully, y'all have had good experiences there. I'm assuming yep. you have. Oh, yeah, that's right, man. Everybody's up. nice. And, yeah, it's a, it's a cool environment. It's just a cool place to hang out. Like I said, you know, we come there and get lunch. And uh, that's probably the best thing because it's like you're there to get a sandwich. Well, you might as well You're never just there to get a and, sandwich. And, and yeah. walk around and <laughs> check out what the new stuff is and yeah, uh, it's like oh, I might pick up a koozie or I might pick up a pack of stickers or small stuff, you know. Right. And I guess um, you know the holiday season is usually pretty good for you guys. I would imagine. Incredible. It's. I mean, we are. I think we've been. Uh, we are the best little gift store around, like in this area, right? Because there's such variety. Yeah. You know what I mean? There it's is. like I can literally, speaking from my own experience, when we went there, we literally bought gifts for my entire family in mm-hmm. one place. It was heaven. Yeah. You know, it's like, dude, we're gonna knock out our entire Christmas list in one place and then we're going to go have a beer and we're going to go home and we're done. You know, it's amazing. It's pretty rad, you know, and people come in and like, Oh, we're having a, you know, we're getting Christmas gifts, but we're having a little Christmas get together. We make them a charcuterie board. Yeah. You know, like, cool, get a bottle of wine. You know, like we had a huge party in, in December Christmas party. We had all our Rhine reps out there. We had a live music. There's 300 people in there. I mean, it was packed. Dang. It was insane. Like, you know. Is that the tasting? I think we, yeah. um, they had told us about it. We had a prior engagement. We couldn't come. It was like, I was thinking like, oh, we'll get like 50 people. It was nutty. Like in two hours, we did like, like so much business and people were buying. I mean, they were just there for gifts, but it was a good environment. We gave, we did a giant charcuterie board. It was free. Mm-hmm. We had giveaways from every brand that we sell, sent us stuff and we supported, you know, get, so we raffled things off. So people were getting like. One guy got like a, a really nice Howler jacket, you know. I mean, and, and then Howler sent us probably a dozen hats. We gave away, so we were just raffling stuff off, so people got stuff. But then it was just gift, gift, gift. So, cause he's like Macy's isn't doing stuff like that. No, like I. Don't know. That's why it's always better to shop local. You know? Yeah. Well, it's like grassroots. I like grass. I think you can marketing is great. But the grassroots organic marketing, I like like me me saying we don't have a sign that says deli on our store, which is stupid, probably. But well, probably, you got the little you got the little sign out front, little, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah but we're gonna probably get a real sign one of these days. But it's kind of a secret, right? You go in, oh, this deli, this is cool. But then if you know about it, you're like, oh, I know about this deli over mm-hmm. here. That's but, how he pitched it to me. But it's organic, right? Like the people who are coming, who have been there, they know they're not. They didn't see some random ad or whatever. It's a lot of word of mouth. Which is good because that's real marketing. Yeah, it's really working. You know, right. getting out there. Now you talked earlier about the patio thing. I'm, I guess I'm not fully envisioning that. Is that in the front of the store? Yeah, you guys are doing a patio, and they're getting rid of the sidewalk that runs. 
So um, explain if, that to me a little. If better. you've ever driven through there, the bane of everybody's existence is that's a one way. Mm-hmm. Right. People like to go the wrong way on the one way. <laughs> oh, yes. I do it all the time. Right. Every time. I've seen on purpose people almost getting fights. <laughs> I mean, like crazy stuff. You well, know? I like to pull through to the next parking spot. So then right. my exit, sure. I'm. I gotta drive the wrong wrong way. (laughs) So it and it's because it's so wide right there, people just assume. So they're they're actually gonna be bumping out the sidewalk all the way down to kind of narrow that lane up. Mm. So it will feel like a one way. Okay. And in that process we're getting a patio. Now you're just gonna have jams and people are gonna be kicking it in reverse while other people are. I think there'll be enough I think they're gonna put some signage and there's going to be some stuff on the end that's probably like a curb, you know, that's going to say one way. Sure. And then it's rightfully so you can yell at that person. Yeah. And you won't be able to pull through your parking spot because there's, I think there's going to be a curb there too. You need like yeah. those. You need like those spike things they put at Six Flags when Ooh. you go in. You can only drive over it one way. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. a little extreme. That but would be uh, awesome. I like that idea. But I guess the idea for the patio is just to expand the space for people. I guess you'll have tables and stuff for people to sit down and eat their lunch. Or yeah, whatever. we just put some them. tables up by the front windows, and it's been pretty good so people can sit there and just chill. And, sure. Um, but, yeah, just to do more. like just or, or like you said, when the coffee spot's there, you know, people are going to sit down and drink <sighs> coffee. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, if you come there for lunch, you might say, or like an afternoon, well, we're going to pitch this little happy hour thing here coming pretty soon where we're going to do some charcuterie and some cheap wine and beers. And if there's a patio there, you can come and there's hang a out. very fine line between what you guys are doing and what like mom's is doing, you know, <laughs> yeah. or like any other bar. It's yeah. like, hey, you can come buy alcohol, drink it on premises, and hang out. I'm like, okay. No, 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 like, but those are bars. This, those are bars. This, this is a mercantile. Yeah. Right. We are yeah. different. Yeah. You can buy some other stuff when you get drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can buy the cooler to then put your beer in all in the same spot. Just build a bar in the back. I Have know. a bartender, it's a couple of taps. It's that small. That would be awesome. Dude, that would be I should so do that. sick. It's not a bad idea. Um, well, dude, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. I love the I love the store. I love hanging out there. I love coming in and checking out what new product you guys have. And, yeah, um, man, it's fun. I mean, I meet a lot of people. Like, so it's cool. Like, I mean, it's funny. We, we've got really good staff. Like, everybody that works for us is just, that's what that's what's important to me. Like, it's having good people Yeah. that make us who we are, right? Like, cause they're a representation. If I'm not, I'm not there, I mean, I, if you see me there, I'm usually at the one of the tables in the dining room on my computer. <laughs> so that's my office. And, um, but I'm not working the register. So if we don't, we're only as good as the people that are working there, right? Yeah. And we've been very blessed to have some really good people. We've lost a couple people here lately. One girl moved to um, Atlanta. Another girl went to work for Landing. And <laughs> so we've lost a couple people that are really awesome. But we still have some really good team. We just brought in a new girl. She's hired last week. I think she's going to be fit right in. And everybody's got good personalities. We cut it up. We Seems like the spot to be, man, to work at. It'd it's be, good. Great. I mean, we make it easy. Like, only thing is, like, show up on time. <laughs> like, be here the day you're supposed to be here. Yeah, just know? do what you got to do. Yeah. But, you know, they come in. The, most of the people come in because they were customers. And they're like, oh, man, this would be a great place to work. And yeah. I'm like, hey, we actually need somebody. You know, works out. And, and uh, you know, we got a great team in the deli. They really take. So the deli team, I guess, is separate from the rest of the team. You yeah. don't have the dude slinging sandwiches out there selling t-shirts. Sell t-shirts. No. Occasionally. Like Can if, I get some help if, getting this box off For the an hour or something, like Lee will help out or something. But for the most part, all the deli guys are in the back. Okay. And then um, whoever's working the front's up front. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we'll help each other out. You know, like if it gets really busy, 
like one of the girls will run into the back and write ticket deli tickets for the guys, you know, or if we're shorthanded or someone's not there or whatever, then we, we try to work out as a pretty good cohesive team. So everybody gets tipped. Yeah. So which is good. Nice. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you're proud of the place and, and seeing your vision come to life. Did you ever expect it to be as successful as it's become? And, uh, you know, is it um, – I'm still waiting on the success part. Oh, the success. Well, it looks from the outside <laughs> just, looking in. I'm just kidding. It looks cool. No, yeah. um, you know, it's when you start something, you don't know. I mean, you guys are doing this podcast, right? Like, so you, you know, when you have an idea, you're like, okay, I want to do this. You don't know what's going to happen, right? right? You don't know how it's going to be received. You don't know um, if it's going to work, but. Either you do it or you don't. And I guess I felt like, okay, if I don't do this store that I ha keep having this idea in my head, I'm like, I want to do the store. I want to do the store. If I don't do it, I'm going to turn the corner and someone else is going to be doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to drive up to that shopping center. I'm going to look over there and I go, damn it, I should have rented that spot, right? So everything came in place. Fortunately, we had a wild 2020, right? Right. Um, but outside of the 2020 situation, I'm very pleased with the way it's at right now and where we're tracking and where we're going. Um, we're able to be open seven days a week, whereas three months ago we were only open five days a week. So, um, you know, we're growing and we're seeing the growth that we want to see. And then in time, we'll be maybe I'll make some money. Huh? <laughs> in the meantime, that is the dream. Dude. Everybody's working to make some money and that's just great. You know, yeah. I mean, we're doing something for, I mean, you know, we're, we're giving jobs to people around here where, um, the, the, the whole shopping center is nicer because of it, you know, not just us, but everybody in there. Do you guys see yourself doing any more like event based things? Oh, yeah. You know, like you were talking about the charcuterie thing. Was that just a holiday so we're actually probably going to do something in April. We haven't picked the date yet, but we're planning probably later, latter part of April, to do another like spring open house type thing. Okay. Yeah. Um. I want to. We try to do things. I want to try to do things like that two, three times a year. Okay. You know, seasonal. Maybe we'll do one at the beginning of fall. Do you have like do music or like? Yeah. Last time we had uh, Jason Johnson, which um I don't know if you like country or whatever, but oh, yeah. if you like country type stuff, he singer songwriter guy. He's the Beham guy. Okay. And he's a really good musician. I mean, like, incredible musician. And he's writing some stuff. And he's played the Bluebird Cafe. And he's written some songs in Nashville. And he's, Well, you guys got seasick right there, man. I mean, do. they do live shows they all do the time. Yeah, yeah, man. It vibrates our wall a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, dude. <laughs> but, yeah, they and they're doing their thing. So it's like it's good. We feed off each other really good. And when they're having a show, people can come over to us and buy a beer. Yeah. Sandwich. Bands eat that at our spot all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I, I we're gonna do some more stuff. I think um, I like, like I said, I like grassroots events. Me and Peter were talking about trying to do a little skate jam or something in the parking lot one day too. Oh, oh how cool that would be! Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you can get uh, keep people out of that parking lot, man, it gets packed, especially on the weekends. And, oh yeah, and then moms, you know, pretty much every night when I drive by, it's crazy. It's they wild. take over the whole. It's left wild. side, man. For a little like bar with one bathroom, it's a lot of Dude, people. That's a very popular, very popular <laughs> place. It's um, rad. I don't go there late at night very often. It's uh, no. Usually, we try to hit it early. We try to hit around like eight o'clock, you know. Yeah. And then usually can beat the like the super late night crowd. I hit it after the store occasionally, and I'll go over there and drink a couple and split. But yeah, I'm not that cool. 
That's a cool place to work, man. It's awesome. Just having everything right there. I think we've slowly interviewed everybody in the shopping center. Oh, nice. Um, we've got to get We're the, well on our way. I don't know what we would talk about with the harvest roots, ferments. I don't know anything about, like, kombucha, but yeah. know, maybe they would be cool. Yeah. And then the pet supply place. <laughs> so what's what's going on in the pet world? Yeah. <laughs> be cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they all, everybody in there has their, like, niche customer, too. Go get a tattoo. Go get some pet food. Okay. Go get a sandwich. Get you a beer. Yoga. It's cool, man. Get Do some yoga. yoga. Yeah, I forget about the yoga Go downstairs place. and smoke a joint. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, all right. Like, got it all, man. Get a beer at Mom's. Then wander over to Cabo. It's cool. Yeah. It's a very cool place to be. Um, thank you so much for coming no, and talking with yeah, us definitely. and giving us a little yeah. insight into what you guys have going on and what you guys have coming in the future. Uh, I'm excited for you guys. Yeah, man. I'm like, I appreciate rad. it. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks awesome. for coming, man. Cool. cool.